Okay, friends, uh, as advertised on the Instagram, um, can you guys hear me? Yeah? Okay. As advertised on the Instagram today, um, I have been, a lot is happening, right, just with the pandemic. That's like number one. And we're all carrying a lot in our bodies, and we're all carrying um, sort of the, uh, I don't want to use the word trauma necessarily, but for some of us it it is, um, because it pokes our woundedness, but this feeling of uh, deep sort of sorrow in our body and the inability to withstand um, and tolerate the uncertainty that is happening. So that's number one. Secondly, we have going on right now in our world um, three really distinct acts of um, racial violence that have happened that add to um, the load and to the conversation and to the particular uniqueness of this moment, although I just want to clarify that the racial violence in this country is not unique. It is something that is happening all the time inside of us. And... um, I could feel myself feel upset, A, like um, it's a lot to hold and to watch if you've watched the videos, um, and a lot of grief there, but also this feeling of wanting to speak up about what I know to believe true, and then also the fear about what happens when we do that. and. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's like my whole jam, guys. If you're scared, you do it anyway. Like, that's the thing. And then I was like, okay, I know what to talk about. Um, But just to preface it, because it is really, it is, like, I understand that even being in this role as a teacher of yogic philosophy and yoga asana, that I have the education and the privilege to be able um, to use my privilege for good, essentially. My daughter is always talking to me about it. So that's the context that we have here, the pandemic a lot of racial violence, and then also the fact that I'm in a place of privilege, as are all of you who are sitting here right now. Um, So did anyone watch the Karen video with the guy with the dog? No? Okay, well, yes, some of, I, yeah, okay, I hear some of you. I'm gonna swipe pages and see. Raise your hand, did you guys watch the Karen video? No, okay. Yep, some of you. Okay, so Bill, you did. Okay, great. So it is some required watching as a white woman um, in our world. I think that you need to bear witness to that kind of thing. It's a required watching as a human in this world. So I'm going to just describe it since some of you haven't seen it, but there was a bird watcher in Central Park in this um, sort of, it's a part in Central Park. They call it, I think, the Brambles. Is that right, Emily Kurzweil? Yes, okay. Emily's from New York, that's why I'm asking her particularly. Yeah, that's right, they call it the Brambles. And people go to bird watch there, and he's a black man, and you're not supposed to have your dog on off-leash there. It's not an off-leash area because, as we all know, even if you're up at Mount Tabor, there's ground-nesting birds, and dogs disrupt that and will even kill the ground-nesting birds. And so the man asked the woman, a white woman, um, to put her dog on the leash. And she flips out at being told what to do. And in an act that I feel like I know is violent, she threatens to call the police on this man who's just watching birds, who happens to be in black skin, and 
tell them that she is being threatened by an African-American man. Which, if you um, listen to her, it is she's threatening, A, and she knows exactly what she's doing. She understands the context of what happens when you call the police on a black man. It's obvious. And that she's threatening his life by talking about this. Um, and then she does it. <laughs> The same time, she's strangling her poor dog, which if you are an animal lover at all, which most of you are, I know, it's like intense. That is intense to watch, and there's a lot of not being present with what's actually happening going on for her and a lot of violence inside of her. And then she calls the police, and you can hear her fake being attacked by this black man in her voice, and it is so calculated and chilling. Um, it's hard to it's hard it's hard to even describe without you seeing it. So you got to go watch it, friends who haven't watched it. Um, and I read a little bit about it, and the video alone is chilling enough. But in an interview, she said, I don't know if it's an interview. It's in the New York Times. But in an interview, she said that she doesn't consider herself to be a racist. Um, and that she actually considers herself to be well-versed in racial dynamics in this country. Um, And I thought to myself how I would have said that same thing some years ago, Um, the exact same thing. And what I, the way that I communicate about my relationship with race is a lot more honest these days, right? And as a white person, I know that I have implicit bias and privilege inside my body just from growing up in this country, which is on built on stolen land with slaves, that that is happening inside of me all the time, right? And to be honest about that is really courageous. But what has happened, friends, especially amongst the culture of white women who the, the name for it has been... Um, that they're called Karens. That's why I used the term in the post. <laughs> Do some research on that. I'm not going to explain that whole thing. My daughter taught it to me. That's the benefit of having a 19-year-old. Um, but <laughs> she did. Um, but what has happened in spiritual communities, and also I think in general among white women, is that we are so afraid to be flawed, to be imperfect, to um, have negative thought patterns and feelings, that we have built a wall in ourselves that protects us, quote unquote, um, from from our racism, right? That lives inside of all of us. And instead, we have built a totem, or that's not the right, an idol out of, um, out of being good out of being spiritual, out of being um, right, right? This woman didn't like being told she was wrong, having the dog off the leash in this space. And we have built this perception of ourselves, an idol out of this perception of ourselves that we are good. And it's an idol that we, about how we perceive ourselves and also an idol about how we wish to be perceived. Is this making sense? I need nods because it's hard on Zoom. Yes, okay, thank you. (laughs) 
because um, it's kind of meta, meta. The idol is a both about how we perceive ourselves, and then the idol is both about how we wish to be perceived. It's both working at once, so it gets kind of tricky and subtle when we're starting to learn to recognize this, right? Ram Dass says that um, we have to know the truth of who we are, right, of who we really are as spirit beings on this earth, but we also have to to know our social security number. That's not what you were expecting me to say, was it? <laughs> but, but what I mean by that is that, yes, we have to like understand that we are not this body and we are not this mind, and to know that underneath that, that we are not even witness consciousness. That in witness consciousness, there's still duality, right? But that we are love itself. And, and, we have to say, how can we be in love in every moment? And this is where practice comes in to um, what we're talking about as far as racism, friends, and how we um, can do our work and be courageous and be honest about who, who we are. Um, and let me think here. I've got to gather my thoughts. It's the Zoom. I'm like, my mirror neurons are not working. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, okay, so Ram Das, oh, to know who we are at a deep level and to also know our social security number. And this means understanding and being able to practice how we want to be, to practice in love, right? And my son this week, as many of you know, has had a very rough week. And he has been practicing unkindness, right? And I caught, I caught, I was witnessing he and his best friend doing what I call um, the unkindness game. And the unkindness game looks like this. Ursa says something mean to his friend Enzo, and then Enzo, fake, has hurt feelings and says back to him, oh, Ursa, you're hurting my feelings. And then Ursa says something unkind to Enzo, and then Ursa fakes that his feelings are hurt. And they've been practicing this weird unkindness game together. And I can see, it's almost like they're consciously trying to harden themselves a little bit, right? That would be like the compassionate um, lens through which to view that. But also in my house, there is no practicing unkindness, right? Because the violence that we do to ourselves in being unkind is the violence that we will do to others out in the world if it is not checked. And here's the craziest part, friends, of all of this. Um, what we practice becomes our practice. And so that means in all moments of our life, right, all moments, none are exempt, that we need to be in practice, that we need to come up with some sort of framework that can guide us. Mine is like, how can I move from a place that is love? How can I move from loving awareness? And that might not work for you. It might be too cheesy, right? So it might be like, how can I move in kindness? How can I move from my highest self? But we have to come up with some way in which to be in relationship with ourselves that is loving. The first teaching, one of the first teachings of the Buddha friends is hatred never ceases by hatred. Love alone is what heals. That is the ancient and eternal law. That is the ancient and eternal law. Okay. And then here's the brave part. 
Are you ready? This is the uncomfortable part. That means that when we are engaging with media, that when we are engaging with the world, that when we are, um, I don't know, walking down the street, right? That we have to be really honest about what scares us and what gets that inner caring going. That's the brave part. It means that like when we're walking down the street, if we see someone who has a different color skin and is walking by and we notice that feeling of fear inside of us, we have to start naming it. We have to. It is a must. And to say, I feel scared. And then I have steps written down because I didn't want to get lost. See it to witness it. Notice it. The next step is to name it. And to be like, oh, I'm scared. This is coming from that place in me that is racist, that has implicit bias, that is living in this society, right? And to be honest about it. Then the next, the third step is to make space around it, right? To get spacious around it. Because what happens normally when it comes up, and you guys cannot if you agree with this, is that we, because we have made that idol out of being good and being spiritual, and being yogis or whatever it is, that we push it down and are not courageous enough to acknowledge it. Do you guys feel that? Can, okay, thank you. I've got a couple nodders on this side of the screen. It's going well. <laughs> okay, so see it, witness it, name it, make space around it. Don't shove it down. How spacious can you get around it? And that might be where we stop for a long time, those three steps. Because then the next step and this is really hard, friends. I'm not, this is not an easy task. Is to then love it. To love that part of ourselves. Going back to the eternal law. Hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. This is the ancient and eternal law. And the Buddha doesn't say we're only going to love the good parts of ourselves. What the Buddha is saying is that we love all of ourselves, even the parts that are scared, even the parts that are racist, even the parts that are um, are biased and like reactionary, right? This is the only way that it's going to work, I think. I feel very passionately about this. And I think that the way that we've done it um, before has not, has not helped. And then this is going to be controversial. Um, but I'm going to say it anyway because I also think that it's important is that you have to in the loving of that part of ourselves that we have to say hey, thank you like literally to say it I got me now though like thank you for trying to keep me safe for thinking that, that that part of me was like trying to keep me safe but my highest self my loving conscious awake self is in charge now yeah? Do you guys get it? Like, it's a little controversial. That's why I was like, but I, I feel very, very passionate about it, and I'm willing to hear, hear feedback, and I want to do better all the time um, with being in this world as a person. But that, I, I think it's, in this woman, when I read that, there's the chilling video, and then there's her quote that she didn't see this part of herself, right? And that's where we have to be brave, and that's what this practice is for, is to build our tolerance for discomfort so that we can be that courageous. Yeah? Okay. 
I'm exhausted. <laughs> Can we do Shavasana? <laughs> All roads lead to Shavasana. Please write me. I want to know if I missed something. I don't know everything. Oh my God, I feel like I'm just at the beginning of learning. But I do know that every time I'm willing to admit to myself um, those parts of me that get activated and scared and are racist, and then to love them and offer them compassion, that a, next time when it happens, I'm able to be with what is and just walk down the street like a normal fucking person, you know? And that's ultimately the goal. Um, okay.